Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you doing on this beautiful fall day? If you're listening to this uh, as it is uh, coming out, then it's November. It's a week away from Thanksgiving, and hopefully you have some amazing plans for your holiday. So what I wanted to talk today about on episode 104 is bullseye thinking for your career. One of the topics I've talked about before on this podcast is the concept of the bullseye as it relates to your dream career. So this is something that I developed uh, and talked about a lot when I was in higher education. And I was working with college students getting ready to get out uh, and get their first career job. And I found that, especially with the university I was at, which was very high admission standards, had a lot of type A personalities at that school, they tended to have very high expectations about what was going to happen for them right out of college. Sometimes those expectations were self-imposed, sometimes they were imposed by family members, and sometimes it was kind of all of the above. And I found that one of the best tools that I could offer them was that perspective on what they could realistically expect out of their first job out of college. And so the analogy that I use is that of a dartboard. And so the idea right out of college, you have a bachelor's degree and have little, if any, career experiences. I want you to get on the dartboard. I don't want you to try to aim for the bullseye. And I'm going to talk about why that's not realistic. I want you to get on there. I don't want you to sail off into the next room and, you know, land on the floor or land on the wall. I want you to be on the board. But what's realistic is to be on the outer rung of that board, not you know, in the inner, not in the bullseye. And the reason that that is not realistic is twofold. Number one, you don't know enough about yourself to know what is truly in the center of your bullseye. Probably at 22, you have some idea, but I promise you that in that first decade of working out in the work world, you're going to learn so much more about yourself and you're going to refine what you think the center of your bullseye is. I think back to when I was in college and I was convinced of what my career goal was. I was going to get a PhD in music and I was going to be a college music administrator. And I did get a degree in music. I taught in the public school system, taught music for three years, and then left the music field with a degree that has served me very well throughout my career. That that education piece of music education has been very beneficial. But I certainly could never have seen that down the road I would own my own business. I would have worked in higher education, but not in music. I would have worked in career services. I would have done corporate training, all of the cool things that have happened. So that's one reason that you don't want to try to get in your bullseye right at college is you just don't know what that is. But the second thing is if you could access the center of your bullseye right at a college with a bachelor's degree and no experience, and that tells me that you're not aiming high enough. You haven't set your sights high enough if you can reach it at 22. So what we're just, again, trying to do is get on the outer rung of that of that dartboard. And then what's going to happen couple years in, you're going to want to change jobs, whether it is a different job with the same company or more likely you're going to leave that company and go somewhere else. And in that, hopefully you're going to know more about yourself. Maybe you'll have now a couple of years of experience. Maybe you will have gotten some kind of credentials or just skill sets that will move you a little bit closer to the center of your dartboard. 
and it's probably going to take you 10 to 12 years before you can get in the center of your dartboard. And I want you to hear me loud and clear in saying that there are many jobs, several, that can be in the center of your bullseye. I think about mine, and I've shared this with you guys on the podcast before. I absolutely love what I do. I can't imagine not doing what I do. I'm also absolutely fascinated by the idea of being a travel writer. I think that would be one of the coolest jobs on the planet. So I can think of other things that I would see as being in the center of my bullseye. And it doesn't mean that I don't love what I do. And it doesn't mean that what I'm doing now isn't in the center of my bullseye. I can just see some other things, right? I can I can see some other possibilities. So this concept is pretty macro, right? So we're talking about your career as a whole. And so I want to break it down into some micro concepts for you. I got to thinking about this bullseye concept and how it applies not just to your overall career goals, but choices that you make kind of on a monthly basis, weekly basis, daily basis in your job that can either move you towards your bullseye or away from your bullseye, or in some cases, it's kind of a push, right? So I also want to bring in this conversation the personal aspect. And so we're going to talk mostly about work and what that looks like in terms of the bullseye concept. But I also want to, at the end, kind of bring in the personal piece as well, because I don't think that we separate our personal and our professional selves. I've used the term before of work-life blend, because I think that's kind of, I think that's a more useful way of looking at it. Instead of on this side is the work me, I go to work and then I come home and I get to be, you know, the real me, or I get to be the fun me or whatever it is, however you think of it I really want you to think of it not as uh, when I think of balance I think of a teeter-totter so one side goes down the other side goes up I want you to think of putting all of this into the blender and mixing it up into this beautiful thing that we we call life so here I've got a couple of kind of micro decisions or you could think of them as micro opportunities that can either move you towards your bullseye or not or as I said maybe kind of be a push and I really want you to think about these opportunities these these times in your career as am I moving towards my bullseye is this the right decision for me and is it the right time for me so the first one I want to talk about is raising your hand and in episode 103, the last episode, I talked about how women sometimes take on job duties that no one else wants. And so rather than thinking, is this a, is this a task? Is this a project? Is this an assignment that's going to benefit me in some way? They take it because there's a need and no one else wants the job. No one else has raised their hand. I want you to be much more strategic about this. So I want you to think before you raise your hand. So this could be, you know, this can be a situation where your boss has said, I need someone to do X, right? So you're in a meeting, she's throwing it out, he's throwing it out, and, and they want a volunteer. It could also be you seeing a need in your company. And I think that one's really insidious because, you know, you think, oh, this is a good idea. Let me go tell them that if we do X, Y, and Z differently, we're going to make all the difference in the business. And what typically happens in that situation is if your boss thinks it's a good idea, he will say, and you take it, right? So you have to be careful bringing that thing forward because it may be that you see that need, but is that something that will really benefit your career in doing Right, I can see a lot of things in my daily life that need to be fixed. Um, you know, where I live, for example, or what the city's doing, or something like that. It doesn't mean that I want to jump in and say, "Hey, I'm willing to take a piece of that that uh, responsibility on and do it." So I really want you to think before you raise your hand and offer to do it. 
So what this looks like is kind of pushing the pause button before you raise your hand. So I want you to picture where am I on the dartboard right now? Let's just say you're on that outer rung, first job out of college. Where do you want to go next, right? So you have this ultimate, as you see it right now, what does the bullseye look like for you? However vague or specific that is right now, what is kind of where you're thinking you want to go next to get you closer to your bullseye, right? So these are some data points. Think of this as a bullseye with data points. Then you're going to think, okay, where does this project, this duty, this, this responsibility fall on my dartboard? And is it moving towards the bullseye or is it moving away from the bullseye? So if it's a thing that clearly is going to move you away, then what I want you to do is run quickly. I want you to avoid taking on that responsibility, if at all possible. If it's kind of a push, it keeps you in the same place, then I really want you to give serious consideration to it. Is there some upside that is good for you? Or is it truly a push? And, and maybe it's not really a push because maybe it's, it doesn't benefit me, it doesn't move me towards my bullseye, and it adds responsibilities to me that will tax me further. So maybe that's not a push. Maybe that is a move away from my bullseye. So there's many new ways, many ways that this thing can help your career. And I talked about this in episode 69 when I covered stretch assignments because I really want you to paint this idea with a broad brushstroke in terms of how might this project benefit my career. So I am asking you to define that pretty broadly, but I am asking you to define it and be strategic about this. So if you haven't heard 69 where I talk about stretch assignments or you want to kind of go back and revisit that concept, then I would recommend that you do that. So think broadly about what are the benefits to be had here but then <laughs> if you do think that way and you're like, I still can't think of one single reason that this is a good idea for me to do, then I want you to run away. And also another thing for you to think about is if you're trying to kind of fit a square peg in a round hole with this new duty, this new responsibility, this new project, it just feels like it's going to be super awkward. You can't really make it fit. This thing that you're thinking about agreeing to might be a perfect career builder for someone else in your department, and you are depriving them of that opportunity if you raise your hand too quickly. I think that we often think, in, in career terms, we think that the things that we like to do are the things that everybody else likes to do. So if we think this is a great assignment, a great career building assignment, everyone else will want it. And if we don't think that, then no one else will want it. And it couldn't be further from the truth, assuming that your department is heterogeneous. It's not made up of a bunch of people that are just like you in terms of strengths and personality type and skill sets and all of those kinds of things. So when you raise your hand too quickly, there may be somebody there who's like, dang, really wanted that one. And maybe they're just not as aggressive in speaking up as you are and, and you've taken it from them and to your detriment, I might add. All right. The second one I want to talk about is building relationships. So in terms of thinking about how do I on a kind of weekly, daily basis move towards my bullseye, another way here is in the relationships that you want and conversely don't want, right? So I could do an entire podcast on these kind of relationships, except that I already have. I've actually done several of them because what we're talking about here is networking, and I talk about networking a lot. So in terms of the relationships you do want, who do you need to spend time with 
to cultivate relationships both inside your organization and outside your current employer. Who can mentor you? Who can be your champion? And those are two different things. Who can be your sounding board? And when I talk about a sounding board, I'm talking about somebody who will be the sort of devil's advocate, who will help put the brakes on you, right? Or or be the critical analysis. Here, I'm thinking about proposing this thing to my boss. Shoot holes in it. So that's a really different role. The mentor is somebody who's going to be like, here's how I got here. Here's what I would do in your situation. Here's some success tools. The advocate is going to be somebody in the organization who can look at you as their kind of their protege, right? And advocate for you to get in the right places, be at the right tables, have the right conversations. And then you want that kind of sounding board who is that critical analyst. So if you want to move into another area of your company, who do you need to know in that new department to facilitate that, right? Who do you need to build those relationships with? And if this sounds like I'm being um, kind of narcissistic about this and thinking about what is this going to do for me, I really want to give a counter to that. I want you to be supportive and helpful for these other people as well. So it's not a one-way relationship. I think for most of us, a one-way networking relationship, first of all, I'm not sure it's actually technically networking if it's one way, but second of all, it doesn't feel good. It feels creepy, right? It feels, it feels, um, feels like a barnacle. I've used that term before, like a barnacle in the process. I'll take and no give, right? It's, there's no symbiotic relationship going on. So I really want you to think about what you give as well as what you get. But I do want you to be strategic in thinking about who should I network with. Thinking about in terms of your profession, the industry that you're in, your city, who are those realistic gets? That's what I'm going to call them. Who are those people? So the people in your company, the people maybe outside your company, but within your industry, the people who have the same job title or essentially the same job function as you do out in the in the marketplace. And then who in your city, and that's especially useful if you want to stay in your geographic area or maybe you're new and you're really building your network within your geographic area. But who are those realistic gets? And then you set up a plan to have coffee with them, meet them, get those relationships going. The flip side of this is the are the relationships that you don't want. So this is based on something like someone who has a negative reputation. You've maybe spent a little bit of time with somebody and you see that they don't follow through. So they sound really great. You meet with them. They promise you the moon and then they don't fall through. Uh, I also try to stay away in my professional career from people that are kind of all flash and no substance, right? So they look good as long as you don't scratch below the surface but then when you scratch below the surface it's kind of all smoke and mirrors there's again no substance there there's no kind of depth to them they and I also think that another thing to look for in here are people who seem to be narcissists and I know a bit about narcissists <laughs> for a, re a reason I will not share with you. But here's the thing about narcissists is they can be very shiny and bright and, and fun, you know, especially if you're looking at that kind of surface level, but they will not be there for you when you need them. It's all about them and what you can do for them. It's not about what they can do for you. So the next way I want to talk about these kind of micro steps in moving towards your bullseye is additional education and credentials. When we think about additional education, whether we're thinking about getting, say, a master's degree or you're thinking about gaining a credential, it takes time. It takes your time no matter what. 
And it also takes money. And it may be your money. It may not be. It may be your employer's money. But somebody's putting money out for this thing. So I really want you to, again, before raising your hand about a, a, a formal education, more education, is I want you to think about this strategically. Now, I have a master's degree and I have a boatload of letters after my name. So I'm all for credentials. What I will tell you is that every credential I have earned with no exceptions that I can think of have been strategic. I did not do them just to add letters to my name. I didn't do them for some silly reason. They were all very strategic. And so I want you to think about that that way and not just think about kind of creds for creds sake. So if you're thinking about a master's degree, you want to think about, do I have a goal in mind that I can work towards with a master's degree? And, and does it require a master's degree? Uh, I found in when I was in higher education, especially at a high-performing a high student body, is that a lot of them wanted to go straight into a master's degree. And I, I always call it a physics principle, right? An object in motion tends to stay in motion and an object at rest tends to stay at rest. And my theory was that they were kind of in motion for education and maybe in the back of their mind, they were a little afraid that if they stopped that motion, that they wouldn't start back up again. And I really want you to be very clear on what this master's degree is for before you start spending all of that time and perhaps your money, certainly somebody's money, in getting that degree. And not only is it the right degree, do I have a focus? Does it require a master's degree? I also want you to think, is now the best time to get that degree? It, are there things going on in my personal life that make this not a great time? I also caution anyone against trying to further their education in the first year to 18 months of a new job because of the learning curve in that job. So depending on where you are in your, in your current job, does it make sense? Do you have the time to devote to it or are you on a steep learning curve with your job? And when you're thinking about credentials, again, will it improve your chances for career success? If it's a wash, what's the point in doing it? Or if it is a, I oftentimes will take credentials off of my clients' resumes because they are irrelevant. So the bottom line thinking about your additional education and credentials is that there's three possible answers you're going to come up with. One is yes. Yes, I want this degree. Yes, I want this credential. It makes total sense. The other answer is no does not make sense for me, don't want to do it ever, probably ever. And then the other one is not now. So I'm going to shelve this thing. I'm going to revisit it when my health is better, when I've been in the job for two years, when I didn't just get married, when, you know, I didn't just have a baby, whatever life circumstance might be kind of making this a not now time. The next one I want to talk about is timing, and this has to do with timing around changing jobs, particularly going to a new employer. I've seen way too many of my clients kind of jump ship when things get a little rough, and it, it to, to the detriment of their career. So they end up looking a bit like job hoppers. They have some explaining to do, and the fact of the matter is... They didn't stay there long enough to get some accomplishments that they can show, right? So if you're there for less than really a year, the chances of you have any substantive achievements are practically zero. So you will have, in some sense, wasted a year of your life because you didn't see the things you started through. Now, I'm not saying that, that this is always the right move. There are situations where you must leave immediately. I get that. I am not suggesting that you stay if there is sexual harassment going on, if there are unsafe work environments going on, dangerous kinds of things are happening. 
But I do want you to think before you raise your hand in terms of saying, I want a new job. And I want you to think about, is this the right time to change jobs? So I recently re uh, had a longtime uh, friend reach out who is at the, I think, assistant VP level in human resources. And she had initially said that she was ready for her next career move. And then I didn't hear from her for a couple days. And she reached back out and she said, you know, I've given it some thought. I think I need six more months here. I, I think she's been there a couple of years, two, three years. I want six more months. There are some projects that I'm working on. I would not feel right leaving them. I want those achievements in my, you know, feathers in my cap. And so I'm going to hang in there and I want us to have this conversation in six months. And I thought that was really intelligent of her to think that way. So what's left to accomplish in your current role? What's going on in your personal life? So just as we talked about, maybe it's not the right time for a, a, a master's degree or a, a credential. It may also not be the right time for a move to a new job because of things that are going on in your personal life. I also want you to think about things like pensions and bonuses and, and vacation time. So you're going to kind of put all of that in the pot. I've had plenty of clients who said, hey, I'd really love to leave tomorrow, but I get, you know, a bonus at the end of the year or I've got I'm three years away from a pension buyout. I'm going to hang in there and, and, and do that. So really thinking about all of those things is wise before you jump. The next one I want to talk about is seeking promotions. So the first piece of this is whether the promotion is going to move you towards your bullseye, right? So just as with these other things, these assignments, moving to a new job, is this move going to move me towards my bullseye? So this thing that may look bright and shiny, maybe it's a big salary increase, but does it move me towards my bullseye? And so some things to think about. What's new about the job? like for you to have at least 50% new stuff if you're going to change jobs. So otherwise, you're kind of doing the same thing, right? So at least half of the work is new and different for you. What's the same? And do you like the things that are staying the same? Are those the things that you really want to get rid of in your next role? How's the new title play, right? So, you know, sit kind of like with drinking wine, like kind of swirl around in your mouth and get the full body of the flavor and see whether you want to spit it out or swallow it. Uh, how does that new title feel to you? What's the salary increase? And what will the what will the new work responsibilities do to your work-life blend? So if it's a $10,000 salary increase and now all of a sudden you're working twice as many hours, really give that some thought. So that's one piece of it is, is this the right job promotion to seek for me? The second piece is, is again, is this the right time for this promotion? So have I spent enough time in my current role to have a couple of solid achievements that I can speak of on my resume so that this job I'm now in makes sense after I leave it, right, on my resume, I can talk about it in the interview. Are there other factors in my life that make this a particularly good or bad time to seek this promotion? So again, it's kind of the theme with all of these, I think, is it's the thing itself. Is it right for me? And then is this the right time for this? So again, yes, no, not now. So I want to bring this back around to the personal aspect. And so when we think about these concepts of, am I moving towards my bullseye in my professional career? I also want you to have those same thoughts about your personal life. And I also want to talk a little bit about how your personal decisions and your personal bullseye goals can overlay and interact with your personal bullseye goal. 
So the example that I want to use is, is let's say you currently are in a rental unit. You, you're in an apartment. And one of your bullseye goals is to own a home. And maybe your actual bullseye is a, is a dream home. You've got it all kind of pictured out. Maybe if you're like me, you take pictures out of magazines and, you know, you have Pinterest or whatever, but you've got this idea of what that dream house is going to look like. And the first step towards that for you is going to be kind of an entry-level home and you've set a goal of doing that within two years. So that goal, that step towards your bullseye of being a first-time homeowner is going to affect financial decisions that you make over the next two years. It might also affect decisions like, is now the right time to change jobs, both in terms of what will I be doing and how much more money will I be making, you know, how stressed will I be, all of those kinds of things, and maybe even a new job that would involve moving, so you would be in a new geographic location. And I think even relationships can affect this decision, right? So is this a relationship that is getting me towards my goal or moving me away from my goal? And so let's let's take an example of you have this job opportunity that comes up and it is a great job paying great money, but it's in San Francisco. And you live now in kind of a moderate cost of living area. And, and this job looks like it's going to be a three-year stint in San Francisco. That's what they're asking of you. So you've got this personal goal of owning a home in two years. Now you're moving to a very high cost of living area where, in all probability, home ownership is not realistic for you. Plus, you don't plan to stay there. You don't want to really invest in the market there. But you couldn't even if you wanted to. So then you reevaluate this personal bullseye goal and this step of entry-level home ownership towards that bullseye goal in light of this job opportunity. So, okay, how much money will I make? What will it cost me to rent for three years out in San Francisco? Can I save up enough money in this job to actually have a really nice down payment for a home? So when I leave San Francisco, I go to a more moderate cost of living area. I've actually, I'm better off. So I'm going to have to wait an extra year to enter the market, but I'm going to be in a really good position to do so. So that's kind of what I'm talking about is sort of looking at these goals in tandem. None of these things exist sort of in a vacuum. They all sort of exist together. And it's okay to change that goal. It's okay for something to come along in your life that overrides a personal or a professional goal. I can remember when I went to Northeast Missouri, I was it was 1999, so whatever my age was at the time, I think I just turned 40. And I really wanted a PhD. That was super important to me, and that was a bullseye goal for me. And then when I got there, I got involved in a relationship that was uh, really meaningful to me. We ended up getting married, and I decided that I didn't want to pursue a PhD anymore, that it just wasn't a big goal for me anymore. And so that's okay. So I walked away from it, not because I didn't think that I could do it, or I didn't think that I would be allowed to do it, or any of those kind of stupid things. I chose not to pursue that goal because I had a new goal that was more desirable to me. So that's okay too. So I hope that this kind of interplay between your personal and your professional goals kinds of make kind of makes sense to you and you can kind of see how you want to use these concepts in also looking at goals for your personal life. So that's what I've got for you today. As always, I want to be your career coach. So the my uh, URL to my calendar is in the show notes. If you're ready to take this further and you want to work one-on-one -on -one with me, you can schedule a 45-minute consult using that calendar link. And what we'll do in that call is we will talk about where you're at now 
career-wise. We'll talk about where you want to go, and we'll talk about what might be holding you back from getting there. And then I'm going to listen very carefully, ask you really great questions, and then prescribe what I think you, you need to get where you want to go, how I can support you in that if I believe that I can help you. I will let you know what that looks like. So if you're ready to take this to the next level, give me a shout out. You can also email me, Lisa, L-E-S-A, at exclusivecareercoaching.com. You can follow me on Instagram at lisa.edwards. Follow me on my Facebook business page at Exclusive Career Coaching. And always uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn at Lisa Edwards. You'll find me. If you got my name first name spelled right, you're going to find me because I've got big old feet on LinkedIn. I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.